Good to see everyone tonight. So glad you could be here. Um, I'm very thankful to be able to teach again tonight. Um, Jim and I will have to talk, but he may be back with you next time. But it's been a pleasure. Enjoyed uh, being able to teach. Before we get started, we'll have our prayer. And if you want to be turning in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 8. Joshua chapter 8. We won't have PowerPoint. Uh, but I'm thankful that, and I joke with him tonight that Morgan, Fran, I mean, uh, Rick is back with us tonight, and we're going to let him read our scripture. He's got such a good voice, and, and uh, I think everybody enjoys following along with Rick reading, so he's going to do that for us. But Joshua chapter 8, we need to remember, um, if you have a bulletin and want to look at those, we have our prayer list there, but 
Uh, several people we need to remember. Uh, Brian Rowland is in Magnolia following another foot surgery. Also, Joan Mormon, at home with a broken shoulder. Melinda Braddock, Austin Wentz, of course, we've uh, continued to pray for Austin. Dan Gardner, that's Guy's father, having health problems. Sandy Bonham, surgery soon in New York. Katie Jo Lindley, Jennifer Beasley, Van Roberts, Ernest and Charlene Baragona, Carol Schaffin and Terry Nix. Um, also, some of you may know, I, I told some folks we'd be praying for them. Uh, Teresa and Rocky Estes, you may remember Rocky had the, uh, the station, service station. Uh, they both have COVID and they're having a pretty tough time. So I told Teresa we'd pray for them tonight. If you will, let's go to God in prayer. Yes, sir. Sherry Glenn. Just having COVID. Okay. Yes, yeah. Ralph. Gary Short. Okay. Gary Short, Sherry Glenn. Let's pray and we will get started. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you so much for this day that we have to be together. Uh, this time that we can be together to study. We're so thankful for this congregation and our friends, our family here. Uh, we just pray, Father, tonight as we go into our study that you would help us to uh, put the things of the world off just for a little while and focus on your word. Pray, Father, for um, our understanding and, and that we will gain wisdom, knowledge from our study. We pray for these that we've mentioned. Um, pray for Gary Short, Sherry Glenn, uh, both having health issues. And uh, Father, we mentioned several others on our prayer list, Brian, Roland, Joan Mormon, um, on the top of our list with injuries and surgeries, and we just pray for them. And, and each person that has asked for our prayers, Father, we're so thankful that we know you hear our prayers, and we're so thankful when you answer those, and uh, we just pray and ask for you to be with these tonight. Again, go with us now as we go into our study. In Joshua, we're so thankful for your word, for your love for us. We pray that uh, we'll put to good use everything we learned tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Many we need to pray for and remember, and again, you have that prayer list, and hopefully we can... Uh, we can be praying for these, and we're so thankful for the good news that we hear, and, and we know we've had, had some good news with Austin, and just keep praying for him. Um, certainly thankful for answered prayers there. So tonight, we get into Joshua chapter 8. So um, last week, we saw sort of a turn of events. If you go back in Joshua chapter 6, they had been to Jericho, and they defeated Jericho, and we know that miraculous um, thing that took place with those walls falling flat and, and again that's that's kind of old news for us in this class but just to bring us up to where we are tonight but we saw that that great success and God had instructed the Israelites to follow his commands very specifically when they were in Jericho and they were successful because they did that and then you go over uh, to last week's lesson if you're um, if you're looking in the Bibles from chapter 7, 
And we see that they went into AI and they weren't as successful. Why weren't they successful when they went into AI? Anybody remember? There was sin in the camp. God had specifically told them when they went to Jericho not to do what? Not to take spoils. That Everything that they took, the gold and the silver and those type items, were to go into the treasury. And for the most part, everybody followed that. But we see one individual, Achan, um, he got, his eyes got big when they went in. He took some gold and some silver and I think maybe uh, what I'd say, a shirt or a robe or some kind. But uh, we see that he was greedy and, and he went against what God said. And what was the end result? Anybody remember? He was stoned, him and all his family. And they were burned. burned. Um, everything that they had, even his livestock, were, were destroyed. And that was the result of that sin. God said to get away, get rid of that sin. So... Um, and also, as a result, they were defeated last week when they, we were reading. They went to AI. And, and uh, the funny thing about that, and I want to mention this, is so they sent spies out. And if you recall last week, look at chapter 7. They sent spies out to go to AI to look at the land. And the spies came back, and what did they say? Do what? People were big. Well, I don't specifically remember that part, but I do know... Anybody else recall what the spies told them? Be no problem. We can take them with our, with our mighty army. We can go up there. You saw what we did at Jericho. We can go to this, this little small town and we can, we can destroy them. And we'll only need two or 3,000 men to do that. And um, because of the sin, God burned with anger. And um, they were defeated. They fled the town. They went in and, and, and the men of Ai chased them out. And 36 men were killed. So we talked about that last week and the reaction of Joshua and everything that happened. Um, it was a real tragedy for them. And Joshua, you remember his reaction was, how did this happen? God, you said you would be with us. And then God finally told him about the sin and everything that uh, had taken place. So that brings us up to tonight. Joshua chapter 8 and... Uh, Rick, if you will, read for us the first two verses. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise and go to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, his city, and his land. And you shall go to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoils and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves. Lay, a man, lay an ambush against the city behind it. So here we see just a little bit of a turn of events. We see here in, in the first verse there, and the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear and do not be dismayed. So he told him, uh, basically he just say, he's saying, you, you listen to me, you got the sin out of the camp. I'm not angry with you anymore. And he's telling Joshua here, he said, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed. Uh, he would be with them now. And it says, if you go on and read, uh, sort of some contrast from chapter 7, it says, take all the fighting men with you and arise and go to Ai. Did you notice, how many fighting men were they to take? All the fighting men. In contrast, last week we studied chapter 7, they took 3,000. 
so here is a little bit of a, a change, a turn of events. And um, again, it says, if you keep reading there, if you go down those first couple verses, uh, God was with him. The Lord had given the king, the people, and the city into Joshua's hand. So this was God's promise for his help. And if you read and understand Joshua and his leadership, he, he knew that God would be with them. Now his challenge seems to be, I've got to convince the people. So we're going to read and talk about that a little bit more. It's a real interesting story, pretty similar to last week, some things we're going to read. Um, but we see that God had promised that he would be with them. It says in those verses, they were to do with Ai and her king as they had done to Jericho. Let me ask you, what did they do at Jericho with the king and with the people in the city? Yeah, they destroyed them. Total destruction. We'll, we'll, we'll read that just a little bit more. But they were to do uh, with them, with the king and the city, the way they did at Jericho. Um, Something else interesting. They were allowed to take spoils this, this time. Plunder, you might say. Uh, this was different in Jericho. How is that different? He told them not to at all, right? Uh, but this time, what, what's different this time? God's already had his part. God's had his part. Remember we talked about that last week. Uh, they're going. Jericho was the first city they came to. And he told them, Everything that you get, let's put in the treasury. That was the first fruits. Remember, we talked about that. So God has his part. It's a good lesson for us. Um, and maybe we'll make an application point on that. But God, they were to give God the first fruits. Now he's saying uh, that they can take spoils. And something else is different. It says they were to lay an ambush. If you read in those first couple verses, uh, verse 2, it says there at the end, Lay an ambush against the city behind it. So God was giving them a battle plan here. Is this new for the Israelites? I see a lot of people say no. Somebody want to give an example? No, left out of the land of Jericho marked around the city multiple times. Yeah, they had a very specific plan for Jericho. He told them, you know, to march around the city one time for the first six days and then seven times. The last day. So it was a very specific uh, instruction from God. So God had given them a battle plan. And everything they've seen, maybe the lessons they would get, I think for our first application, we'll talk about this a little more too. But don't question God's wisdom or his authority. And again, this is sort of, that was the first point that came to my mind. We'll talk about that just a little more later. But think about they were coming off Jericho and, and they were defeated. And now, you know, they didn't know what to think. And, and so God's having to tell, tell Joshua, listen, I'm going to be with you. Um, you just have to follow my instructions. So that's sort of where we are up to this point. Any comments on that? We'll, we'll read a few more verses. Just remember this, let's not question God, not question His wisdom or His knowledge. Uh, if you will, Rick, read for us verses 3 through 9. Okay. So Joshua and all the fighting men arose to go up to Ai, 
And Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them out by night. And he commanded them, Behold, you shall lie in ambush against the city behind it. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you remain ready. And I and all the people who are with me will approach the city. And when they come out against us, just as before, we will flee before them. And they will come out after us until we have drawn them away from this city. For they will say, They are fleeing from us just as before. So we will flee before them. Then you shall rise up from the ambush and seize the city. For the Lord your God will give it into your hand. And as soon as you have taken this city, you, sh- you shall set fire. You shall set the city on fire. You shall do according to the word of the Lord. See, I have commanded you. So Joshua sent them out, and they went to the place of ambush and lay between Bethel and Ai, and to the west of Ai. But Joshua spent that night among the people. Okay, so we see more of this battle plan that, that God had told Joshua about. Uh, it says there, if you, if you start in verse 3, uh, it says, So Joshua and all the fighting men arose to go up to Ai, and Joshua chose 30,000 of those men. So these 30,000, and I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I won't make a lot of comments or ask questions really on this plan. If you have a comment, you feel free to, to ask it. But um, out of all the fighting men, he sent 30,000 of them, 30,000 of them, uh, to ambush them. He told them to go behind the city. And this was God's instructions. Uh, God's given Joshua battle plans. He's given him knowledge uh, that he'll be able to use in the future. And also you think about Joshua's past. Uh, we'll talk about that just a little bit more when we think about when he's with Moses. He has a history uh, in battles. And we see here God giving him strength, giving him knowledge. So um, out of these, all the men, they chose these 30,000 to, to go and, and to ambush them. Uh, they were to wait behind the city. This would give them the element of surprise when, when it really got heated when the battle took place. So uh, the rest of the army would, would draw near, and hope, hopefully they're going to try to get them to come out after them. And, and that, was the, that was the whole plan, just like they did before. You remember last time? They went and, and the men of Ai came out after them and they chased them out. So that was the plan this time. They're going to get them to come out of the city. They want them to leave the city and then those who are behind the city, they can ambush them. So it was a really good plan and we're going to read just a little more about it. Um, last time they did this, they were defeated. But remember, God was not involved at that time. So these 30,000 men of valor, they were to rise up, they were to take the city, set it on fire when the army was chasing the other men. And uh, this plan was in order as commanded. Now if you look there in verse 9, if you want to go down, just a couple things that caught my attention I wanted to ask. It said, so Joshua sent them out and they went to the place of ambush and lay between Bethel and Ai to the west of Ai, but Joshua spent that night among the people. So why do you think Joshua, we're not told here, but why do you think Joshua spent the night in the camp with the people? That just caught my attention. Maybe to encourage them? I think there's evidence we go into verse 10 about that, Sue. So, yeah, I think so. Um, Joshua was a leader. He was their leader. 
and he's showing leadership skills. He's going to see about his people. Um, maybe to encourage them. Or, you know, think about why would they need encouragement? Do what? Yeah, the time before they got defeated. So wouldn't it take a pretty strong leader here to encourage them to go right back at it? Wouldn't it take someone to explain to them that God's on their side? Joshua, you know, we talked about the people more last week, and I still want to do that. We'll look at the people, but maybe we look at Joshua himself more this week and think about what he's going through personally and that he has a pretty big job ahead of him uh, to convince these people that it's okay to go back in the position to, to fight. Uh, and then you come on down, another interesting verse there in verse 10. And I'm going to let Rick read that, but I just want to call to your attention here, verse 10. I'll just read verse 10. So Joshua rose early in the morning and mustered the people and went up he and the elders of Israel before the people to Ai. So Joshua, it said he, what, he did, what did it say he did to the people? Mustered the people. Did he squirt mustard on them? No. What did he do? What does that mean? He encouraged them. So Miss Sue, we'll give her a gold star. You hit the nail on the head a while ago. They needed encouragement. So he's there... And I think about it because I'm a big football fan, that coach before a game, you know, and he's giving this big speech to try to muster the team. He's trying to give them encouragement and get them ready for battle, get them ready to fight. Go ahead, Rick, and read 11 through 17. Okay. Fighting men who were with him went up and drew near before the city and encamped on the north side of I with a Raven, a ravine between them and I. He took about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and I to the west of the city. So they stationed the forces of the main encampment that was north of the city and its rear guard west of the city. But Joshua spent that night in the valley. And as soon as the king of Ai saw this, he and all his people, the men of the city, hurried and went out early to the appointed place toward the Arabah to meet Israel in battle. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel pretended to be beaten before them and fled in the direction of the wilderness. So all the people who were in the city were called together to pursue them, and they pursued Joshua. They were drawn away from the city. Not a man was left in Ai or Bethel who did not go out after Israel. They left the city open and pursued Israel. Thank you, Rick. So early in the morning... They go out. Uh, Joshua, we've already talked about how he mustered the people and, and he led them early in the morning to position, battle position. Um, and it says there he took 5,000 men to lie in ambush on the west side. So it's kind of a little twist of the battle plot. Uh, he takes 5,000 more um, good fighters and he has them waiting as well, so you have you have Joshua and his his army going to Ai, or now they're in the valley. You have an ambush of five thousand men. You have an ambush of thirty thousand men. Um, it's pretty easy to see what's about to happen. It's not going to be good for the people of Ai because of this good plan. 
in their numbers, sheer numbers that they had as well. So they had this trap set. And at this time, by the way, if you look and you go down around verse 14, that the king and his men were in, still inside the city. He talks about in that passage that Rick just read how he saw them down in the valley. Uh, but at this point, they're still there. And when the king saw the Israelites outside of his fortress, his men went out to battle with them. And again, remember, he didn't know about this ambush behind the city. So he goes out to battle, and they pursued them. In verse 16, it says they left the city. Um, in verse 17, this was interesting to me. Um, starting in verse 16, all the people who were in the city were called together to pursue them. And if you go down to 17, not a man was left in Ai or Bethel who did not go out after Israel. We read just a little bit about Israel going back to the city to kind of finish up the fighting. But at this time, it appears that the king just said, everybody go. Everybody go after them. We're, we're going to defeat them. Send everybody you have and let's go get them. And it turned out to be a, uh, a big mistake by that king. So the city, because they all left, the city was open. So the plan sort of taken place. And we may get through, by the way, a little bit early. Maybe I kept you a little late last time, so I'm trying to make up for that. If you will, read verse 18 through 23. Read. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in your hand toward I, for I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand toward the city. And the men in the ambush rose quickly out of their place, and as soon as he had stretched out his hand, they ran and entered the city and captured it. And they hurried to set the city on fire. So when the men of Ai looked back, behold, the smoke of the city went up to heaven, and they had no power to flee, this way or that, for the people who fled to the wilderness turned back against the pursuers. And when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had captured the city and the smoke of the city went up, then they turned back and struck the men of Ai. And the others came out from the city against them, so they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side. And Israel struck them down until there was left none that survived or escaped. But the king of Ai they took alive and brought him near to Joshua. So here we see in verse 18... He stretched out his spear toward Ai. Joshua, he, he holds his spear, or it says javelin in the ESV. And it, he held that, that, that spear out, and when he did that, the city would, was given into his hands, or would be. And that was also a signal uh, for the others as well. But Joshua obeyed. God told him to do something specifically, and he did it. We're human. And it might be easy to think, and I know God was speaking to him differently, but but think about that. God said, I want you to hold your spear up, and when you're doing that, you'll be successful. And obviously Joshua didn't doubt him. He, he did what he said, but I think sometimes it would be easy for these men and, and some of these people to maybe question those things. But we see Joshua, he didn't, and he, he didn't doubt him. And they were successful. Uh, we keep reading. I'm going to walk us through this and get down to, to one part. Um, the men of Ai looked behind them at this point, and they saw the fire. 
their city was getting burned. They looked behind them. And then they realized, hey, we're trapped. There's nowhere we can go. They're behind us. They're in front of us. They're to our west. There's nothing we can do at this point. Um, none of them remained or escaped, it says in verse 22. It says, and the others came out of, from the city against them. So think about these mass numbers of people who are attacking a pretty small army. Um, they were utterly destroyed, as we'll read about in just a little bit. None of them remain, and it says they brought the king to Joshua there in verse 23. But if you read, uh, if you read what, what, or go back and look at what Rick just read for us, 12,000 people total fell that day. Uh, 12,000 people, men and women, all men of Ai, it says. All men of Ai. There was no one left. So we know, just to give you, I know we understand what 12,000 is, but just to give you an idea, there's about 25,000 people in Prince County. So about half the population. Boonville has about 8,600 according to the last records I saw. So that can sort of give you an idea how many people were killed. Do I? I thought somebody said something. 12,000 they destroyed. Um, and then if you, if you keep reading down, tell you what, Rick, just go ahead and read um, 24 through 29. But when Israel had finished killing all the inhabitants of Ai in the open wilderness where they pursued them, and all of them to the very last had fallen by the edge of the sword, all Israel returned to Ai and struck it down with the edge of the sword. And all who fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, all the people of Ai. But Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out the javelin and that he had devoted all the inhabitants of Ai to destruction. Only the livestock and the spoil of that city Israel took as their plunder, according to the word of the Lord that he commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned all of Ai and made it forever a heap of ruins as it is to this day. And he hanged the king of Ai on a tree until evening. And at sunset, Joshua commanded, and they took his body down from the tree and threw it at the entrance of the gate of the city and raised over it a great heap of stones, which stands there to this day. So just a couple of things. I've already mentioned the, the, the number of people that it was 12,000 people that were killed. Um, and just one more thing that caught my attention in this section. I know it's pretty self-explanatory when you read that. But in verse 26, it says, But Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out the javelin until he had devoted all the inhabitants of Ai to destruction. So he held that spear the whole time. Think about that. Now, that, that didn't take, that wasn't pretty quick. That took a while. I uh, don't know the time frame here. It talks about morning and night, so you could probably draw some sort of a timeline. I haven't done that. Point being, he had that spear held out all this time. That would have been pretty tiring. Have you ever tried to do something like that? Anybody? It used to be a competition, you know, guys have boys. I bet I can hold these weights out the longest, you know. You don't last too long. What does that remind you of? Any other stories you've heard? Moses. Okay. 
Moses fighting the Amalekites. Uh, Moses had that staff, didn't he? And he held his hands up. And when he'd fight them, as long as he had his hands up, they were winning. He'd get tired like all of us would, and they'd start losing. So what happened in that story? Aaron and Hur came and, and helped them and held their hands up. That's a good lesson. A lot of, a lot of sermons have been preached on that. How it takes a whole group of people, right? But they were there to support Moses and they held his hands up. Don't know if that happened in this situation. Doesn't mention that it did. Uh, but we see Joshua falling in those footsteps of Moses, don't we? Moses had, had, had taught him and trained him and God now was teaching him. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting to bring up. Yes. Yeah, they would. A lot of water moved, and a lot of people would cross, and animals, and yeah. You know, and I, I keep going over. I'm not questioning personally. I'm just, I'm just kind of making us think a little. We don't know why God chooses to do things the way He does, but we shouldn't question it. You know, we don't know why God wanted him to hold that spear up. But it was, a, it was an act of, act of obedience. And he followed those instructions, and, and they were successful. So um, we, we keep reading kind of the battles taking place. They, all these men, they go back to the city, and they sort of clean up any survivors that left. They, they uh, destroyed them, and it says they, they, they were fallen by the edge of the sword, or they fell by the edge of the sword. And then we see the king, uh, they, they brought the king to Joshua, and so they hung the king up, they hung him in a tree, and not sure why that happened, maybe it was a sign to anybody, any other people. And by the way, I did read some footnotes, think about now what's going to happen as word goes out, we're going to cover that in our next lesson, but as word starts going out to these other towns and cities, Hey, these people are coming over. God's on their side. And it was, you can read and see some evidence that they were frightened. The other people were frightened at what would happen. We'll read more about that in next week's lesson. But um, So for the last part, and we'll close here in just a minute, or a few minutes. If you'll read, Rick, that last passage, it's kind of lengthy, verse, starting in verse 30. At that time, Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, on Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the people of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones, upon which no man has wielded an iron tool. And they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there in the presence of the people of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. And all Israel, sojourner as well as native-born, with their elders and officers and their judges, stood on opposite sides of the ark before the Levitical priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, half of them in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded at the first to bless the people of Israel. And afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Moses did not read before all the assembly of Israel. 
and the women and the little ones and the sojourners who lived among them. Good lesson right here to start with right off the bat. So they, they were very successful. Uh, you can imagine the maybe the joy or the lack of fear now that, that they were successful and they knew the, the people knew and Joshua knew that God was on their side again. And you know, what do we do when we, we do something, when we have a big victory? What do we usually do? We celebrate, don't we? Win a ball game, you go out to eat. You know, that's kind of the thing. Um, win a ball game, you go celebrate. Or if you have a success at work or whatever, you, you celebrate that. Now, I'm not saying the people didn't do that, but what do we see them do right off the bat? They were in verse 30. Uh, it says, At that time Joshua built an altar to the Lord. Um, there were some commandments about that, and that's what that's referring to, that stone. It was to be an uncut stone. In other words, nothing, the, the iron it talks about is there wasn't a chisel to cut this stone out. It was uncut stone. Again, that was a, a specific commandment to Moses. And so Joshua builds this altar. Um, he offered burnt offerings to the Lord. Joshua wrote the law on those stones that we talked about. Um, Joshua read the words of the law to the people. If you, if you go down to the bottom, uh, there in verse 35, there was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel. They were there a long time. It wasn't, we just had this victory, let's go to the next town, let's go celebrate. No, they paused. They took time to honor God. They took time to thank God. And I was thinking about our, our congregation here. I'm thankful that we do that. You know, that's something we do. Um, especially around Thanksgiving. Not just on Thanksgiving. I think we do that each time we're here. But we set time to, to honor Him. And you know, you think about all the good things that happen as a result of all the work that's here. And a lot of people are involved in doing work and are laboring. And it's good to take time to pause and to thank God for what He's blessed us with and all the things that He's done for us. So Joshua read the words of the law of the people um, and didn't leave out anyone. So that's, sort of, that's that long story we read. And now I guess it'd be time for the application for us. And I've got some notes. I want to hear your thoughts too. And I'll go first and, and mention a couple of things, but I just want to, you know, what stuck out to you? What was the application or what application can we make for us? We read these stories in the Old Testaments and we just think about them sometimes as just stories, but they're there for us. These things really happen and they happen to, to, to teach us um, or now we're to study it to, to learn from, from their example. So lessons from here, uh, from Joshua chapter 8, the application for us. What I put down, number one, is don't doubt God's wisdom. Because of God, they were successful. It wasn't because Joshua was a mighty leader. Yes, he was, but that's not why they were successful. It wasn't because they had the best army. At that day, they did, but that's not why they won. We all know why they won, because God said, this is what you do. And if you'll do what I said, you'll be successful. 
we learned that they had that bad lesson that happened to them. They didn't do what God said and they lost. So here, that was my application point again, kind of from last week. God was responsible for this victory and we shouldn't doubt God's wisdom. His plan is perfect. A lot of times we try to take matters into our own hands, don't we? But we don't take time to pray and we don't take time to seek His, his advice and His wisdom. But you think about His plan, by the way. God had promised that His people would come over into this land and now they're there. He fulfilled His promise. And it's the same way for us today. His plan is perfect. If we'll do what the Bible commands us. Because of Jesus, we have a way to the Father. His plan's perfect, isn't it? If it wasn't for Jesus, if God didn't love us that much, we'd have no hope. And we'd never be successful. But, but just like in this case, His plan was perfect from the beginning of time. And secondly, Joshua did exactly as God commanded. They were successful. Um, they failed when they didn't listen. And we talked about that. The, the uh, Joshua and his army, they succeeded because they followed God's plan. Any more comments? I, I've got a couple more points, but I want to hear from you. What's the application for, for us? Yes, sir, Jim. Well, just an observation. Joshua's behavior was different after the victory at Ai than it was after the victory at uh, Jericho. talked about Jesus, and I, I, I sort of got off on this, talking about this, but Ken talked about Jesus this morning. If we vary from God's plan, what happens? Simple as that. We're going to fall. If we vary from God's plan any, and we talked about that last week, we can't serve two masters. But if we vary from God's plan, and I talked about that plan with Jesus, and I wrote this down, Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's sort of a challenge for us today that we have. We, we see a lot of people, if we're trying to teach or talk to them or be encouragers to them, they say, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And we hear a lot of, a lot of these uh, statements or these comments or... or uh, I could just do things kind of the way I want to do them. It sort of gets on, uh, gets on my toes if I come and hear a sermon or, you know, I'm not living right. I'm not perfect. How can I be there? Well, we've all sinned. But there's no varying. My point is there's no varying from God's plan. We have to do exactly what he tells us. And in my last point, we must keep the word of God before the people. This was in the notes that Jim gave us. If you'll notice there, he read God's word. In verse 35. He read it to all the people. Where do we find our instructions? In God's Word. If we, we have to follow His plan, His plan's in, God, in His Word. So we need to be spending our time in our study. 
just over and over, overwhelmingly, it comes up how important it is we follow God's plan, and we can't vary from that. So that's my comments. Anybody else have any more comments? Uh, what, got, what got your attention? Yes, sir. Well, from the very beginning, God told Joshua not to be afraid or dismayed that he was giving him the king, the people, the city, and the land. In other words, before anything happened at all, before they got the groups together and stationed them, before they made their plans, before they rested overnight, before anything happened, God said, don't worry, I'm giving it to you. It's a done deal. Do you think even with those comments, I think Joshua, I think we'd all say Joshua was on board. Um, he knew his place. He knew what God had told him. And he understood, as embarrassing as it was to him, why they failed when they went to AI. You think, even though he told them there were people that he still had a challenge with to, to convince? You know, I just wonder. I know you don't know, and, and we don't know, but it just makes me wonder the situation that he was in as a leader and. and uh, we know all they went through in the wilderness before. So, anybody else? Yeah, and you know why he is so famous that we still read about him is because he did what God told him. You know, and he went down in Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of faith. And over and over we read about, and I'll end with this, we read about over and over all these faithful people and we think, as Abraham, he had it going on. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can fill those shoes. Or you talk about all those people that are mentioned there in Hebrews chapter 11, Moses and Noah. Think about Noah and his faithfulness. To be out there all those years and people making fun of him. You're building a boat? Well, it ain't even rained. He did what God told him. And over and over and over and over in the Old Testament, and then we read about in the New Testament, they go back and refer to these examples. And over and over, Jesus talked about, and it was faith. It was trusting God over and over and over. God said, this is my plan. Here it is for you. It's a perfect plan. All you have to do is follow it. So hopefully, that'll give us a little encouragement this week. Um, thank you for reading. Man, I, I tell you what. He needs to be in Hollywood. Every time I hear him, I just think, what a voice this guy's got. Thank you all. I hope you all have a, uh, a wonderful week and a wonderful Christmas. Certainly good to be here to study tonight. Um, if you haven't had the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper, it's prepared if you want to uh, be dismissed for that. And then if you will bow with me, we will have our closing prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you so much that we could be here tonight. We, th we thank you so much that we could study your word, we thank you so much that we could um, enjoy one another's company. 
Father, you've blessed us here and we're thankful for all those blessings you, um, you're so good to us and we thank you and we, we thank you for your love for us. Um, we know that your plan is perfect and we pray, Father, that we'd be on board and we would uh, we'd follow your instructions. Father, go with us as we leave. I pray again that you would be with those that we've mentioned in our prayers. Forgive us of our sins in Jesus' name. Amen.